Amen. <laughs> thank you for all for being here. And again, thank you so much, Ambassador Jim and Kelly, for the invitation and the opportunity to be part of what God is doing in this city. Um, I want to encourage you. Um, there is some product out there. Last, tonight is the last night. Um, I have a, I'm part of a ministry called Prophetic Life. And uh, my spiritual father has some product. And I asked him to send me a couple of things and we want to make it available to you tonight. It's just a couple of things left there, but it's things that I really believe in. It's vital for the prophetic that will really, really help you and be a blessing to you. So I want to encourage you to make a spiritual investment into your life. It's so important. You know, we spend so much money on other things, on fleshly things, on clothing, on food, and so on, but we don't take the effort to invest spiritually. So I just want to speak about this product. I want to speak in making spiritual investments in your own life. There's many things that's happening, and several times throughout the year, this church will be hosting conferences or having events and things, and I want to encourage you to be there and be part of it and set time out to be in that moment in that time. It is often the moments where we have valid excuses where God wants to do something, the moments where we have valid excuses not to be there or we have more important things to do in those moments where God wants to move. You know, God calls the time, the season, and the place. He calls it. But we have to respond, and we have to be there at that moment. I believe part of uh, you being here tonight, and those of you that be, be, have been here on Wednesday and Thursday night, that just by being here, there's an activation. Um, it is not, I believe that, you know, as Pastor Jim decided whether what they're going to call this conference, I didn't think he just picked a random name. He called it Awaken for a Reason. There's a purpose to it. And prophetically, we're speaking into your life and calling that awakening in your own life. Okay. I have two Facebook pages. One is Andre Bronkhorst, my name. Unfortunately, that one is, is full. But I've got another page called Andre Bronkhorst Prophetic Life. And I want to encourage you to please um, like it and join it so I can see all your sins. It's amazing how people put everything on Facebook. <clears throat> so please um, be part of it and follow us. And um, we, uh, I want to encourage you and tell you about something that we're doing at this moment. We, uh, t twice a year, we do prophetic encounters. And what we do is we go to different regions, different places, in South Africa specifically, and now in America as well. We do a prophetic encounter where we uh, gather the prophets together from different churches and different ministries. And over a period of two, three days, we, we uh, spend time and we fellowship with prophets it's limited to 30 people, 30 prophets, and I want to encourage you, we will be hosting one in September in America, and, uh, but it's not just a place or something that you should attend because you want the prophetic word. If you really, really believe that you are called to be a prophet or be in a prophetic, I want to encourage you to attend one of those encounters. You can send me a message on Facebook and I'll send you the information, but there's two important things that you need to be able to attend this conference or this encounter. Number one, you need to be part of a local church. If you're not part of a church, unfortunately, you cannot attend it, number one. Number two, you need a letter from your pastor that recommends that you would attend that. Um, pastor Chris that's sitting here, um, the um, Christy who is leading or um, um, the prophetic person in their church will be attending it. So we want the key person who... Um, is in the prophetic in the church. We just launched an app. It's 
called Prophetic Life, and it's available on Android and also on um, uh, what's the iPad platform, the iTunes Net. And we are busy putting something in motion. The future is um, is online, and uh, we're making something available there. And we call it. Um, there's a on the app. There's a one link, and it's called Let the Prophets Speak. And what we do is we speak about specific events that's happening all over the world. And those that are prophetic, we ask you to comment and to speak on these events. Because there's so many false prophets that's out there, but we want to show the world that there's some real ones as well. There's people out there that's really prophetic, and they're hiding away. And it's time for them to, to stand up and be part of what is happening. Okay. Amen. So I want to encourage you, please get some of the product. Andre Bronkhorst, Prophetic Life. You can find me on on, uh, on Facebook, and we'd love to connect and send you that information. But uh, it's been really such an honor, such a blessing to be here and be part of it, of what God is doing in this church. Okay, I want to call Pastor Annalise just to come and quickly greet the people, please. You always have something to say, always. So please come and just greet the people. <laughs> Yesterday, he said that he sees pictures when he talks to you, and I decided I'm not going to talk to him again, because I don't know what he's seeing when he looks at me, man, but I want to give you a prophetic word. I, I had a small chance this morning to say something, and I want to say to you the biggest thing that you can do in your life. Paul said it at the end of his life, forget the things which are behind and stretch yourself out to what's in front. There's too many of us that hold on to how we've done it in the past. Listen, the past is past. If you do not step into the spirit, there's only one tense in the spirit, and that is now. Now faith is. Now the just shall live by faith. And um, there's so many things that happen in our past that keeps us from moving into what God has for us. I really believe we live in the bestest time ever. Shake the guy next to you and say, tonight's your night. <laughs> now, this poor man, okay, sorry, Andre is not poor. This rich prophet, because he told us he likes comfort. I'm like, what is wrong with him? I'm like, I don't want anything comfort. I want to preach in Africa, man. You know? <laughs> don't judge anybody up here by what you are. You're with the Spirit. Come on. God has sent us a gift. Listen, I'm in Africa. There's a lot of prophets. I honor this ministry. I really honor Andre's ministry. And I, I said to Jim, get Andre here. I know because I know God wants to do something in this place. And I want to I just give you something. My husband taught me. Andre cannot, he cannot prophesy to everyone here because of time. Just plain. But if you sit there and God says something to someone else and you throw yourself into the spirit realm, what God wants in your life also comes. Every time he prophesies to someone, I say, God, that portion is also mine. Because you hear. Come on, guys. Do not underestimate the spirit. And this is what I love. What, what, what Jim, Pastor Jim said, that if it's finished, it's finished. We, we, we don't want to drag something down on us. But while you're sitting there and Andre ministers, open up your heart. Forget 
all your doctrine and teachings, what you've been held on, God has given us a gift. Let's receive him as a gift. You know what? I want to go to Andre and I want to, I want to pull the ribbons and say, we're going to open you and we're going to allow you to be you. We set you free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have your Bibles ready. If you don't have your Bible here, you can go and sit next to a Christian and read with them. (laughs) I want to ask you something uh, tonight. Do you believe that there's a person on earth that doesn't have a calling? It's important. Do you believe that there's a person on earth that doesn't have a calling. No, every person has a calling. So when we look at the fivefold ministry in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, it says one of the fivefold ministers is prophets. And that means that at least a fifth of people that's sitting in this room tonight is called to be prophets. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a calling. God has a purpose and a plan for every person that is out there. Now, I want you to understand tonight and hear clearly that ministry does not flow from gifting, but from relationship. doesn't matter how gifted you are and how many, um, how many sick people you can pray for, sick people you can heal, or how long you can prophesy. At the end of the day, it is about your relationship with the Lord. I'm going to read the scripture to you tonight in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 19. He says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Very powerful scripture. He says, And the Lord was, was with Samuel as he grew up, and the God, the Lord, let none, none of his words fall to the ground. It means everything that he said, God made sure it came to an existence. Everything. It's powerful. Now, the reason why the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up is because Samuel was with the Lord. He pursued God. He had a relationship with the Lord. And because of that intimacy or that relationship, that is what awakened the calling and the destiny upon his life. Ministry can never, gifting can never be more important than relationship or your relationship with the Lord. And when you are called to be a pastor or, to, or, or for ministry, I want to say to you, there's many pastors sitting here tonight, and I want to say to you, preparing for a sermon is not spending time with God. You have to learn to set time out to wait upon God. I've been asking, speaking to the Lord about a situation in my life, and for six months, I prayed and prayed and asked him, Lord, please give me an answer for this um, situation. And one morning I got up and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Andre, you are impolite. I said, sorry, Lord. And I said, what, why? And God said to me, you've been asking me for six months about this situation, but you don't give me an opportunity to speak to you. And we have to learn to wait again upon God. You know, we know how to pray, how to fast, how to dance, how to... Shake and have to do many things, but we've the church have forgotten how to wait. I just wait upon, upon the Lord and seek Him, and let Him allow to deposit things in your spirit. 
And we encourage you to really set time out to wait upon God and to seek Him in everything in your life. To make the time available and say, Lord, speak to me. What do you say? What should I do in this situation? How do you want me to respond? And I, I promise you, if you start to wait upon Him, God will start to speak to you and you will hear His voice clearly. The Lord gave me personally, gave me a promise. The Lord promised me that as I go out, He said He sends, sends me out. And one of the signs that he said that will follow, he said, if I go out and as he sends me, everywhere I go, that people will hear his voice audibly. Yes, God said to me, he gave me a promise as a sign that everywhere I go, after that and while I'm there, that people will hear his voice. But that's the focus tonight and that's what we want. The guys that's doing the worship, are they still here? Are you still, you're still here? I want to ask you, please don't leave. I want to use you or abuse you at the end a little bit. Please, I need you. So I'm going to wait upon the Lord and also as ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill us and so on. But that's the focus, and I want to encourage you to pursue God. Don't pursue the giftings. Don't pursue the office. Pursue God in your life. And as you pursue Him, He will give birth to all those things in your life. There's seasons in my own life that I've forced open. For years of my life, God hide me. Or he, he was hiding me away from certain things um, in my life that he prepared for me, and through prayer, I changed God's mind. And he started to open things in my life that I asked him for that I were not ready for. But because I kept on asking him, you know, when I grew up, I would often say to my dad, um, could I please go and visit a friend? My dad would say no. And I would say, please, dad, come on. He would say no. I said, dad, come on. And he would say, do whatever you want. So he's releasing me to do it, but I don't have his blessing. And that's the same thing that we, we can do with God. We pray and we ask God, you know, what to do, and he gives us answers immediately, but we're not happy with what we hear, and we try to change his mind to get what we want. Eventually, by his grace, he gives us it, but the blessing comes with sorrow. Suddenly we have something that we have to deal with because we didn't know. And I realized in my life through prayer, I, I tried to change God's mind and, and, and Lord opened the things that I asked him to open. And then I realized what I've done. I said, Lord, please hide me. Father, sorry. I didn't know. I didn't understand these things. I, you know, I, I thought it's, you know, God, we are all in different seasons and times and God is preparing us for something. I often speak to young people and it's something's very important for young people right now is patience. Young people don't have patience now. They want to do everything, and, and I understand that. As a young person, I'm still young compared to people in this room, but um, I, <coughs> for a long time I had this zeal and this passion of things that I wanted to achieve and do in my life, and I, I didn't understand patience and waiting for the right moment and the right season. It is very important for the younger generation to understand that your Reigning time equals your preparation time. The preparation time is so important to wait upon God. Now God is preparing you for what he wants to do and where he wants to take you. Now, we're building on the last two nights, and, and you need to understand there's some questions that I had. You need to understand in the prophetic, the calling that I have is the Lord called me for the local church and to strengthen the local church in the prophetic. And because of that, I'm portraying a message, and I have spiritual sons now as well, young prophets that I'm imparting to and raising up. And part of that, we're trying to teach them to be connected to a local church. 
It's so important. So it's so important. But this is my calling to encourage prophets to connect with the local church and to be part of a spiritual family, to submit under, under their pastors and work together as one in a bigger and a greater vision. Okay, my calling, it's my purpose. There's many other prophets that are traveling and doing different things out there. I'm not saying that they're missing it or anything. This is the season, this is the calling that God has for me right now for the church. I really believe that the local church is still part of God's end plan. God still wants to use the church. I got, just got back from Europe, and as we drove through Europe, the church in every city in Europe is the biggest or the tallest building in every city in Europe. And they did it that way uh, with a purpose. It's a whole purpose and idea why they've we've done that. They want to know the people. They want the church to be a light to people. They want it to be a beacon of hope to people. And I really believe that God wants to restore the church in America. God wants to lift up the, the church in America. He wants to breathe his life back into the church and rekindle the giftings and that. I've shared with, with the group um, today that for the church in America and Europe to continue to exist, we need the entire fivefold ministry functioning within one church. One church. We can't have a prophetic church and a pastoral church and evangelistic church. We need the entire fivefold that works together in one church. We, in this church, we need an evangelist that has a heart to run out and to win people and connect him to the church. We need that. But that person needs to be submitted and be part of this church. We need prophets in this church that can pray and can ask God for things that's happening in this, in this city and that can move alongside the local church. There's so many ministers here. And we need the prophets to connect with you and to help you to carry that vision. Not to give you direction or dictate to you, but to be there and be a blessing and bring the gift to the church. One of the first things that I do when I enter an area or a region is I submit my gifting under the local pastor. Pastor Jim, has, tonight, he is the person in this building that has the highest authority. Even the Holy Spirit listens to him. God has placed him here, God has anointed him, and God has given him the authority for what is happening in this building. Now, when a pastor embraces the prophetic, he sets something in motion for the entire church. When the pastor, when the leader opens up his heart and opens up the church and says, God, we want this, he opens up a gateway, a door, for heaven to connect with earth when he does that. And I'm excited um, what, what is happening right now in the season that this church is in and what God is doing. But I'm totally submitted. If Pastor Jim tells me in the middle of the sermon, go and sit down, I'll, be, I'll go and sit down and I won't even be offended because I'm here to serve and to help what God is establishing in this church. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 1, it starts off and says, Now in the church at Antioch, they were prophets and teachers in the church, not outside of the church. Right. Now, in the church at Antioch, they were prophets and teachers. They were part of building the church. They were part of the congregation. They were part of a spiritual family. And it's very important. We have so many prophets. <coughs> God is raising up, and many of them are traveling, and they are uneducated, and they make mistakes, and we have to teach them and portray to them what is biblical protocol and standards for the prophetic? There's many prophets that goes into churches and destroys the church. Yeah. It's not God's plan. It's not God's heart. No way. Now, there's been questions here. 
I spoke last night that about the, the 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the giftings, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and prophecy, and how in the gifting it always, always should build comfort and encourage. And someone asked me, yes, but what, what about direction? And then what about discipline? God disciplines his children. So what the word says, and that is true. But God has a way to hit you so hard, but it feels so good. God's way of disciplining you is, doesn't break you, doesn't destroy your life. God has a way to speak to your situation, straight to that situation, without anyone knowing. There's someone that's sitting here that I ministered to two nights ago, and I spoke to a situation in his life, and no one knew about what I was saying, what was happening, but he knew. The purpose of the prophetic is not to expose people. Not to expose their weakness, not to expose their sins. That's not the purpose. It's there to touch those areas. But God has the ability to do it in such a way. And yes, it's discipline or it's direction, or it, but it's not the way we do it. We don't have the ability to discipline people. When we discipline people, we hurt them. We break them. We don't know how, you, know, how we can, you can try on your best wording. You know, Annalise tries her best way to, to tell people and help them, but, but she slaps them around and throws them <laughs> all over the place. <coughs> and then the pastor has to come and raise them up from the dead again. <coughs> so the focus is we talk about the gifting and specifically not the office. In the office, the prophetic office, Ephesians chapter 4, yes, the prophetic office is called to give direction, but it comes with responsibility. When God calls you to the prophetic office, it comes with responsibility, and it's, it's, I don't take it lightly, because a prophet and someone that's called to the prophetic office will give an account for every word that they spoke. It's important for prophets to think now, sometimes they just need to think before they say something. They just need to think first and then say it. Because they hasty to say things and, and to prophesy sickness and disease. And that's not God's plan. It's not God's heart. There's no, no, there's no, no way that it's God's plan to do that. It's still Old Testament principles that's functioning. And that, yes, that's how God functioned in the Old Testament, but not now. We have one mediator now in the New Testament, and it's not a prophet. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the mediator. We are led by the Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, what does He want to do in our lives? Okay, amen. John chapter 4, verse 16, I want to explain a couple of things, and it's connected to the first two nights, things that we uh, missed and all that's unclear, and I'm touching on these things just to bring clarity on the last two nights. John chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus is at the, at the well, um, with the women. <coughs> Amen. <laughs> and um, John chapter 4, verse 16, you can read from there. So Jesus, you know the entire story. He comes to the well and he tells the woman, uh, he speaks to her about water. About, and, and he's referring to the Holy Spirit. He says, I have water that if you drink of it, you will thirst no more, never again. So he's starting to speak to her. And then in verse 16, he told her, go and call your husband and come back. 
I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. And often, people interpret the prophetic and they are not trained or educated. It speaks about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first verse. It says, regarding the gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. It speaks about the gifts. Now, there's many people today that have strong word of knowledge, but they are not prophets. Not prophets. But we are untrained and we don't understand. And this is what's happening with this woman. Jesus did not prophesy over her now. He's speaking about it's a word of knowledge that he's using right here. So he says, you've had five husbands, it's the past. Now, I want to give you these references to understand. And the giftings, word of knowledge always speaks about the past. Word of wisdom about the present and prophecy about the future. So Jesus is referring to something in the past now. It's word of knowledge that's functioning. But she looks at him and she says, you are truly a prophet. He didn't prophesy yet. He didn't start to prophesy. Now, when I go to Africa, um, I went to a church there that Annalise is also connected to. When I go to Africa and I get up and I prophesy for a half an hour and I sit down and I didn't use a word of wisdom or knowledge, the people would ask me, so when are you going to start to prophesy? Because their reference to prophets is word of knowledge. That's what they believe a prophet is. And it's not that God is not using word of knowledge or word of wisdom. I want to speak to you tonight about a balanced prophetic word, what a balanced word is. And we have to grow in different areas. I want you to just put up that first slide for me quickly. <coughs> first slide. You have it there at the back. A balanced word, a balanced prophetic word contains three parts. In that one word, it has a word of wisdom, knowledge, and prophecy in it. That's a balanced prophetic word. So we have many people who are strong in one area. They're strong in the word of knowledge. They can tell you for five minutes. They can speak over your life and tell you about things about your past. And then, and then they let you go. Nothing, nothing happens about it. The fact is that until you use a word of wisdom or prophecy, nothing will change. The plan is not for God to just expose that person, just to, to open up their life or to open up their position. Okay. Uh, let me explain something to you. I want, you, I want to do this as an example. I want to ask you, I'm going to do something, and I want to ask you to tell me what I've just done. Okay. So the, the guy that does the worship, what is your name? Kelston. Just stand up quickly. I see right now that you're standing at a T-junction. And there's some choices that you have to make right now in your life. And it, it led up, it started a while ago, but it led up until now. We're getting to a place where you really have to choose and make some, some important decisions regarding your life in which direction you would pursue. Okay. So what is this? Is this word of knowledge, 
word of wisdom or prophecy? <laughs> okay. The fact is that I only confirmed or said something now that he already knows. And I didn't help him at all. He's going through a situation in his life, and now everyone knows about it, and that's it. <laughs> but spiritually, nothing has changed. And this is important because we have many prophets, people that's called prophets, but they have strong word of knowledge or wisdom, and they say these things over people's lives, and they can speak a half an hour about the past, but, but they've done nothing, and they just walk away. Now, God will never, never reveal something like this if he doesn't want to do something about it. So, the fact that the Lord could show me this now means that he can show me the rest as well. So, I have to ask God, Lord, why did you show this to me? What do you want to do with his life? What do you want to share with him? And I have to allow God to reveal to me or show to me what, what do I have to say to him regarding this situation? Get that? We have many people, when it comes to the giftings, and you need to understand, we read the giftings, and it's the same spirit. We have many people that flows in a specific gifting, and they say, well, that's my gifting, and I don't have anything else, so church, I'm, I'm leaving. It's the same spirit. And God revealed it because he wants to do something else. So whether I have the prophetic gift now or not, it is connected. And in this moment, the Spirit of the Lord, if I'm led by the Spirit, He can lead me now into what He wants to do and say. God would never, I, um, I saw a, a person, you can just continue to stand, uh, I'm going to get you now. I saw a person that fell off a ladder. I want to ask, there's someone here that fell off a ladder. I saw a person that fell off a ladder. <coughs> Anyone here? Okay, you didn't just fall off a ladder, you still have, you still have a problem with it. it. It caused damage to your body and you still have pain or problem with what happened. It's due. Okay, just stand up. It can be more than one. I want you to stand up. Seems this entire church is on ladders the whole time, but anyway. <laughs> I want you, don't, don't miss this opportunity. So ladder, I saw you fell off a ladder. Okay, now this is is a word of knowledge that God is showing us or revealing to us right now. So I can say to these people, listen, so, well, I'm so sorry that you fell off the ladder. Um, and, uh, okay, you can sit down now and we're going to continue with the service. No. I can't say, God, I don't have this, the, the gift of healing and I don't pray for sick people. It's not my thing. I have to trust God now because he would not reveal it if he's not going to do something about it right now. You understand it? You're with me? Okay. Thank you, Father, for his life and the purpose. You have, um, God has a purpose for your life. And everything that is adding up, and up until now that brought you to this point of, of life is God that's busy directing you, moving you into what he has for you. There's an entire complete change that's coming into your life and God is preparing you what I saw is that you, you, David wrote the test to be a king in a field with sheep. It's got nothing to do with kingship. You understand that? But God used that moment 
to prepare him for completely something else in his life. And everything up until in your life up until now, God has been preparing you for something completely different, completely different thing. But God has been, been preparing your heart and testing your heart and training and building characters to different people in your own life for what he wants to open you and where he wants to place you. It's not a shift that's coming like in, in a career or something that you'll do completely the opposite thing. I just see a different place, a different city that God has prepared you for where he's taking you to. The place we are staying right now will not be the place where you will be the rest of your life. God's going to move you to a different city, a bigger city. It's a platform and it's an area where you might think it's impossible for me to get on that level or to be there right there. There's a very strong connection with you in your spirit with a city that's called Tennessee. There's a connection with you in the spirit there. There's things that will happen within that city. There's a connection that's coming from there, a door that God is opening there in the city. I say Tennessee. God is opening it. Nashville, Tennessee, right there, opening up something for you. Connection is coming from that place where God's going to birth something that is going to do in the future through your life. Okay, amen. Now, when I ask you, does it make sense to you, the first part? You sure? This is an exercise, but I don't want want you to lie in church, so please. (laughs) Does it make sense to you, the first part? The, The... Everything that added up to a place in your life right now. Okay. Now, the thing with prophecy is um, when it comes to the prophetic office, there's things that I have to release and I have to speak about. And as I just spoke that word, it opened that city to you. It opened that place to you. And God wanted the word to be released. So whether you understand it right now or know anyone, in that place or not, you'll, there's something that will happen in that place and a phone call that will come from there, from that place, because it was just, was, just was released of your life. Okay, amen. Bless you. You may be seated. <coughs> amen. So do you have any physical pain at the moment? Where? Where? Left ankle. And when did you fall of the ladder? 2011. 2011. And you, sir? You what? Three discs out of place. Okay. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's so many different ways, but let's do it. Are you fine? Are you okay? Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, I want to, would you maybe just do his feet? Pick his feet up? Yeah. You can just sit on a, on a, on a chair Right there, he's going to pick your feet up, and God's going to heal you right now. He's going to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Because of the back and the the fact that he fell, it's not that his one leg is short and the other one, but it's the body that compensates for the pain. So what will happen? Look out. The one. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Look at this. Just pick it up. I want you, ma'am, to, to look at this. Just open it a little bit. Just try to open yeah. it. Can you see the you difference? See how, can you see the difference here? Look how short yeah. this one is. Okay. Now look at me, sir. Thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I speak to that pain right now. 
completely go right now, leave his body in Jesus' name. Look what's happening. In Jesus' name. Growing. <laughs> what do you feel? What do you feel right now? Relief. <laughs> Amen. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Let's put it down. I want you just to stand up, please. I want to put my hand on your back. Thank you, Father. I want you to use Christus to stand with her and put your hand on her, ank- her ankle. Lady. Thank you, Father, for complete healing, complete, complete restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, we honor you. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Pain will never come back again. That this is the end of it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I want you to test the pain and feel if it's still there. (laughs) I assume it's gone because you're doing uh, yoga moves in church. (laughs) Bless you, sir. Maybe seated. Okay. Yeah, you can pray for him. Yeah, go for it. Amen. So, <coughs> Amen. <laughs> She's healed. <coughs> so, I want to ex- I want to s- explain to you how the gifts are connected. And even in the prophetic, there will be times where God speaks to be about a certain situation. Don't go sit down after that and say, no, Lord, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a prophet. I don't, I don't, I'm not an evangelist. I don't pray for sick people. That's not my gifting. That's not my... Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Ask Him, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? He will never expose something if He's not about to do something about that. Okay. So the woman at the well says to Jesus... He speaks to her, and he says to her, you've had five husbands. And the one that you are with right now is not your husband. And we're looking at the story, and Jesus is speaking about something spiritually at this moment. He said, you had five husbands, and the one that you are with right now is not your husband, which would be number six, right? And then he, Jesus, would be number seven right now at this moment. And he's busy speaking to her about spiritual perfection. He's busy speaking to her about something completely different. And she is, is, is missing it because of tradition or preconceived ideas of what a prophet is. And you know, she says, yeah, truly you must be a prophet. And she misses the moment of what he's trying to show her about the spirit. The spirit. To be led by the Spirit, to allow the Spirit to work through her. There's many people that are sitting here tonight, and there's a lot of different giftings, and God wants to activate that tonight. We don't just want to focus on the prophetic tonight. There's people that are sitting here that have the gift of healing upon your life. And even as we pray for the prophetic, it's connected to all the other gifts. And tonight we're going to have a moment, and we're going to end, we're going to pray for all the, all the gifts to be activated and to move, that God would use you. But it will require a step of faith. The Lord called me to the prophetic when I was 17 years old. God said to me, I call you, I'm calling you to the prophetic 
from this moment. I had no idea what it meant. The only thing that I knew when I read the Bible that prophets were always in trouble. <laughs> so I said, Lord, I don't want to be stoned. I don't want to, you know, be, I don't want any of that. So the Lord told me in the morning, and I, we were in a meeting. Um, I started to minister when I was 16 years old. And at the age of 17, the Lord called me to start to function the prophetic. He asked me if I would do it. I said, yes, God, I'll respond. And I always say to people, you know, the reason why I think God called me while, while, why it started is because I, I was too dumb. I didn't know what it meant. God said, would you do it? I said, yes, let's do it. I had no idea. <laughs> and that's the amazing thing with young people is God would tell them, jump in the swimming pool, and they would run and jump in and then get out and think, oh, I should have taken my clothes out and, and that. When God tells an older person, jump in the pool, they want to know is, uh, how warm is the water, how should I do it, from what side, should I... It takes them a while to respond. And in that, in our faith, we have to be like children again and say, God, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm not going to try to figure it out, to work it out. I'm going to do it. So this morning, I saw a lady. The Lord spoke to me. I said, yes, God, I'll do it. And in the meeting, I saw a lady. Her name is Runel. And I looked at her, and God said to me, I have a word for her. And I, I was so excited because God just called me to the prophetic and I'm going to deliver my first prophetic word now. And I ran to this lady. And on the way there, I said, God, by the way, what do you want me to tell her? <laughs> and God said to me, Andre, I want you to tell her that I love her. I said, God, come on. Give me something better. Give me, you know, there's so many people that say that. Give me... Give me a real word, you know. Tell me, you know. I said, Lord, I'm, I am a prophet now. You know, I do big things. I do. So give me. <coughs> and God said, this is what I want you to do. And I didn't want, honestly, I didn't want to do it. I said, Lord, come on. Everybody says that, you know. I, I Give you something else. Give me. God said, this is it. You said I could use you. Go tell her that. And I was standing, and it took me a while. Eventually, I walked over to her, and I said to her, I, I've got a word for you. And she said, please share it with me. I said to her, so what I first did is I covered for myself. I made sure that she wouldn't think that there was something wrong with me. So I said to her, you know, don't think anything is wrong with me, with what I'm about to tell you now. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with me. Um, and if this word doesn't make sense to you, then just forget about it. And uh, so I first explained and made sure that I'm okay and she's not going to think there's something wrong with me or and uh, she said, please tell me. And I said to her, well, this is not big, but, um, well, the Lord said to me that, that he says that he loves you. So as I said it to her, the power of God hit her right there, and she fell to the ground. And in the meeting, I saw that this is working, so I stood over her. I said to her, he loves you, 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 he loves you. He loves you. <coughs> I wanted everyone to see that the power of God is with me, and I, uh, okay, it's with me. She, she got up after that, and I asked her, what, what is happening? What, uh, tell me um, what happened with you at this moment. And she's in the worship in church, and she just lost her marriage and her job that she had, and she was at a really low point of her life. And in the worship, she decided that she can't go on anymore with her life. 
and she decided after the worship she's going to get in the car, drive back home, and commit suicide. So she's standing in the worship in church, and she's crying out to God, and she says, Lord, I'm not going to make this difficult for you. The only thing that I ask is that you would send someone to tell me that you love me. The person that needs to deliver the word stands on the other side, and I'm thinking this is not big enough. But someone else, her life is depending on that word right now. I'm sharing it with you because there's times where God would speak to you, and you might think it's small, it's, it's too simple, it's not relevant, it doesn't mean anything, but you don't know what the other side of the story is. You don't know what God wants to do. And you have to learn to be faithful with that. I had to become faithful with what God gave me, and then he gave me a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And even today, I, when my spiritual father, Ed, when he's here, Ed has the ability, when <laughs> he has the ability to start the meeting, and he can literally prophesy to every individual in this place. He does it. Many times he says, let's do it. Let's take the, let's take the crowd tonight. And he starts in the beginning. He starts to prophesy. He goes through every row. That's his capacity. That's his ability. That's what God has given him. So I have a, a limited capacity right now. And I have, to be I have to be faithful with what God has given me. And that's why I say to people, listen, when I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> when, when, I've, when, I've, when I said what God gave me, that's it. You know, I can't force prophecy. I, can't, I have to listen, be obedient to the Spirit and what He tells me. Okay, amen. Now, I'm sharing this with you. It's prophetic. There's people that are sitting here right now in this room. I was praying today, and the Lord told me about this situation, this story that I'm sharing with you now. And the Lord said to me that there's people that are sitting in this room right now, and He's been speaking to you. He asked you, to do certain things. It might be simple, it might be small, but God has a purpose with that. And I'm sharing it with you, and I want to encourage you, and I want to pray that God will give you the faith that you need to respond and to do it. There's people that are sitting in this room tonight that made promises to God. You said to the Lord, Lord, if you would help me through the situation, if you'd help me to get through this financial challenge or this or that, then I would do this. And God has been faithful that you did not keep your promise. I'm not here tonight to judge or to condemn you. I want to say to you, keep your promise. Whatever you told God, what you said you will do, do that. God is waiting for you to respond. Whatever, he told, whatever commitment you made to Him, you need to respond in that. Now, don't worry or stress when it comes to that. You know, there's... Many people that are sitting here, and God is, it doesn't mean, you know, that morning, God spoke to 10 people about this lady's situation. In that room, in that meeting, God said to 10 people, go and tell her that I love her. So you're not the only chosen one for the divine moment, and, and you know, now you've missed it, and someone died because of the mistake. No. God speaks to several people, and he will use things. But when God knocks on your door, respond when he wants to use you respond say yes God I'll do it you can use you can use me I'm going to pray with you tonight I pray over your hands that God would use your hands 
I want to pray over your mouth tonight that God would use your mouth to speak. I want to pray over your feet tonight that God would send you where he wants to send you. That he would use your life and your life would be a vessel to him for his glory and his purpose. Now, when we pray for those things, it is a commitment or a promise that we make to, to God. I don't want you to stand tonight and say, God, use my hands, but you, you're not really willing that God would use you. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not under pressure or under demand. I want to ask you, if you want God to use you, then I'm going to ask you to stand. But don't respond. Don't stand because someone else is standing, because God will take you seriously. You said, God, use my hands or send me. He will send you. He will send you. So I want to ask you to respond if you sense that it's, that it's in your spirit and you are called to do that or for God to use your hands or to use your life. Okay, when we get to that. Amen. <coughs> are you still awake? Okay, it's getting tensed in here. <laughs> Amen. Relax, okay? Just breathe. Just breathe for a moment. Amen. <laughs> Let's run through the scripture. Book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 7. Chapter 4, verse 7. It starts and he says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. It's powerful. Every person has a portion of grace, as he apportioned it. So Christ decided that I'm going to give you the capacity or the ability or the skill. And we have two people that's sitting here in front, and I'm using it as an example. So as Christ apportioned, he came to Pastor Jim and said, Pastor Jim, I'm going to give you the grace and the capacity in your life to plant a thousand trees that's the capacity that you have. And then he comes to another person and he says, well, I'm going to give you the capacity to plant 10 trees. That's what I'm giving you. So now you are planting 10 trees and you're really working hard and running in your faith level at 99.9%. But he's also planting 10 trees. And when people look at both of you, they're thinking, wow, you're doing great. Now he plants 11 trees, and they're thinking, wow, yes, he's accelerating her by far. But they don't realize that he has the capacity to plant a 1,000. And at the moment, in his faith level, he's only running at 10%. Now I'm sharing it with you because we do not compete or compare with other people. It's important to make sure that you're doing or functioning in what God has given you. God is measuring you, yes, definitely, but not with another person. He's not looking at, at what are you doing and, and how does, but he's looking at you and he's saying, I've given you these, skill, these skills, these abilities, these giftings. What are you doing with it? And the key to expand, the key for breakthrough is to be faithful with what God has given you. That's it. In this church right now, God has given this couple the grace to pastor 500 people. And as they continue to be faithful with that, doesn't matter what any other ministry is doing in the city, they continue to be faithful with what God has given them. He expands that to 5,000. And with the 5,000, the resources, the finances that is needed for 5,000 comes in. Listen to this. The key 
to breakthrough, the key to your next season, the key to go to the next level is by being faithful with where God has placed you and with what he's given you. To look at that. David took his responsibility to take care of sheep seriously. How do we know that? Because a lion came and a bear came and he was willing to lay down or sacrifice his life for that. Now, honestly, if my dad gives me 100 sheep and a bear comes, he can take one. <laughs> when I get back home, I'm going to say to my dad, listen, there's still 99 left. That's not so bad. <laughs> but because of David, because of his life, he was dedicated with what he had, the position that he had. And God looked at him in that position and said, if this is the way that you take care of sheep, how much more will you take care of my people? And God used an insignificant moment in his life to promote him on a completely different stage of his life. Right now, where you are is preparation. You can quit your job, and you, go and you can find a different job. You'll have a different boss with the same problem. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's very important to embrace the position to say, God, you've placed me in this office. What do you want me to do here? Why did you place me? Why am I at the school? Why am I? What do you want to do with my life in this? Why am I here? Because God has a purpose and plan for you right there. And when you accept it, then suddenly God can move forward and He can take you into the next season. I want to awaken something in your life tonight about where you are in your season right now and where God has placed you and also the ability and the gifting that you have. Often we look at other people and we think, Lord, if I could please have that or be that. And you don't realize what God has placed in your own life. People are so busy looking at what other people are doing in their lives that they are missing out in what God wants to do in their own lives. And I'm not saying that men and women of God and people out there, I'm not dishonoring them. Bless them and what they're doing, and, but God has a plan for you. He wants to do something in your life right now, and there's a purpose and a plan for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Read with me. Book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 6, and I'm going to slowly end with that. It starts off and it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, you need to understand he's, he's speaking about different giftings, and at the same moment, he's referring to the faith that we have and that we need to function in the skill, the ability, the gifting that we have in comparison or on the same level of the faith that we have. He says, so he starts off, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Don't try to prophesy in accordance with someone else's faith. Don't try to be them. Don't try to do what they are doing. There's a faith level that you have or that came with the gifting. Function in that gifting on the, on the level of faith that you have. Not going to get, that you have. Right now, my spiritual father, Prophet Ed, has the ability to prophesy to a hundred people. I have the capacity, if I push myself, I can prophesy to 20 people. If I'm with Pastor Chris, he torments me and we do 30. 
okay, it's my capacity. It's what I have. And I'm not intimidated where my spiritual father is. It's his capacity. I have to stand before the Lord and say, God, you've given me this capacity. And I have to run in my capacity that I have. So he starts, speaks about the gifting, and firstly, he speaks about prophets. Number one, because he's prophesying and prophesying accordance with your faith. Then number two, the second gifting, he says, if it is serving, then serve in accordance with your faith. Now, for years, the church looked at different giftings, and the church categorized it to say which one is more important than the other one. In God's eyes, all these giftings are equal. So God starts off and he says, speaks about prophets or prophesying, and then he speaks about serving. He says, if your gift is serving, then serve. The person that serves can touch and transform another person's life the same way a prophetic word can change someone's life. There's some people who have a gift to serve. It's no effort for them. They can do, they love to do things for people. They love to serve people. Then there's other people, you know, it's, it's a major thing for them to make a cup of coffee. <clears throat> Especially if their wife asks them, but anyway. <laughs> you know, it's, they're, not, they're not servants. It's difficult. They don't like it. But then there's other people, they love to do it. You know, they, they love to serve. They, it's a gifting. Now, I'm sharing this with you tonight because God can use this gifting that you have in the same manner, same way that He can use any other gifting. There's people that are sitting here tonight and your gift is to serve. And I want you to understand tonight that you are on the same level where a prophet is. A prophet is not higher and you way at the bottom. No. In God's eyes, exactly the same level and God can use that to touch people's lives. He speaks about the third one. He says, Sir, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If you're gifted to teach, then do that. Pastor Annalise has the gifting to teach. It says God has given her that. I'm not going to try to be that. I'm not going to try to out-teach her or to have a greater or a better revelation. It's her gifting. And she needs to function in that where the Lord has placed her. If it is to encourage, then give, in, then give encouragement. There's people that have a gift, a gift to bring a word of encouragement. You can phone them any time of the day and they always have something positive to say. They can go through the most difficult time in their own lives, but they're still encouraging others. <laughs> they can be at the lowest point in their own lives, but they're still there encouraging people. Then there's other people when they, coming, they, when they come into a room on the one side and everyone wants to leave on the other side. <laughs> because they're always critical and negative and no one wants to be around them. And that's not a gift. <laughs> it's, just, it's just being critical, that's all. So there's people, there's some of you sitting here tonight and you don't realize, you know, if I ask the pastor or some of the leaders here and say, who in this church always has a word of encouragement? They'll stand there and say, that person, this one here, they always have something good. And it's a gifting that God has given you. And God wants you to be faithful with that so that he can expand you and give you more with what you have. Then if it is giving, then give generously. I want you to understand tonight that giving is a gift. Giving is a gift. I have a group of businessmen that I mentor or coach. I see them once a month, and one of my um, 
uh, one of the guys that I'm, that I'm uh, connected with or that I train or, or coach, he's a very wealthy guy. And the difference between the two of us is if, if someone would give me a million tonight, tonight, I would most probably sow it before tomorrow night. I love to, <laughs> I love to give. So, you know, I, there's so many. But God has given him the ability, if someone gives him a million, he can double it. This is gifting. But he would phone me in the beginning when I just led him to the Lord. He would phone me every night at 12, 1 in the morning, and he would cry over the phone and says, you know, the, the word says that it's, you know, it's more difficult for a rich man, wealthy man to get into heaven than, and he says, you know, I've got all this wealth and, and what am I going to miss the everlasting life? But he didn't realize that God has given him a gift, a gift to stand up and be a blessing to the church, to be a blessing to God's kingdom. And the gifting that he has to give generously functions on the same level as a prophet. I can prophesy to someone and it might transform their life, but he can sow a seed that can transform a city. It's a gift. It's a gift. I want you to understand because there's people that are sitting in this room and God has called you for this church. God has called you to raise finances and to be a blessing to this church. And I want to say to you, we need to stop. God has placed you in a, in a community. You have to learn to sow into that community. Why do we have business people that God has raised up for that community and they're sowing into a different state? Into another man, another ministry. Why do they do that? Let me tell you why they do it. They want attention. That's why. God is raising up people financially to support what he's doing in this city. Right here. And it's important for the work that needs to be. And in those different cities where you have these celebrity preachers, in those cities, God has raised the people to support the work, that, the work that's being done there, right there. But you need to understand that what you have is a gift to your community and to your church. And God can use that. It's not a curse. It's not something negative. It's not, a, it's not something that you have to be shy about or, or hide or that. It's a gifting that God can use to transform and change people's lives completely. Years ago, I <coughs> there was a girl who grew up with me in school, and um, this family was extremely poor. And uh, I remember her from, from school and things that she went through and that. But at the age of 55, her father, overnight, became a billionaire. And I heard about the story, and I knew where they were staying and about the entire situation. I was amazed about it. So I went to his office to go and see him. And in his office, I asked him, you know, tell me about the testimony. How did you get here? How did this happen? I remember. I remember, you know, your daughter, and we grew up with you, and I remember the situation, and I'm sitting in his office. He just became a billionaire. He, someone forced him to tender for, for a project that he didn't even want to tender for, and he got the tender, and, and, and he became wealthy overnight. So I'm sitting in his office, and God speaks to me, and God says to me, Andre, I want you to give this man um, a dollar. It's equivalent to rand. He, wants you, he says to me, I want you to sow a dollar into his life. I said, Lord, do you know who he is? Do you know this guy? <laughs> he, just, he just became the wealthiest person in this town. And God says, I want you to do this. I'm standing there and thinking, 
and I responded. I, and I, before I left his office, I said, I sense I want to give you so into your life. And I gave him 10 rand, a dollar. When I gave it to him, he burst into tears. He says, through my life and the difficulties that we had, no one ever gave us anything. And there was a bitterness in his heart. And God used a dollar to heal his heart. Today, clap. <laughs> Today, he goes from in South Africa from town to town to town, and he goes to churches and he pays off all their debt, all their debt. Goes to orphanages, supplies them, helps them, does these things. But God, listen to this. God placed him in a position, and God gave him a gift to sow. But the world and circumstances corrupted him. And he had this bitterness when he became wealthy and he said, I'll never do anything for people because no one helped us as a family. No one were there when we needed them. And God used it to heal him. And today in South Africa, he is a key, he's a blessing to so many different churches. God is using him as a gift in those places. It's a gift, he's gifting to do that. Okay. There's nothing unholy about money. Nothing. God wants to use it. God wants to bless you. God, for those of you that are sitting here that's called to business, God wants to expand you. He wants to lift you up so that you can be a beacon, that you can be a, your life could be a platform to encourage and to motivate people. The best thing that you can be to poor people is to, is to not be one of them. to help them, to ask God to bless you so that you can sow and you can help other people and lift them up. This guy, when the breakthrough came in his life, he, they, they, they lived in a caravan park. I don't know <laughs> what it is here, but they lived in a caravan or trailer park all his life. And um, he went back, small community of about 50 people staying there. He went back to that caravan park. He said to me, he said, on his, on his daughter's birthday, um, I think she turned 10 years old and they gathered all the money that people had to buy her a gift in that caravan park. And he said to me, it was five rand. It, was, it wasn't even a dollar. So he went back to that caravan park. He bought every one of them a house. Every family bought, bought them a house. Generous giver. He could have easily turned this back upon the church and said, no. I'm not going to help. I'm not going to be a blessing. But God used him and raised him up for a certain time. Okay, let's go on. Then he says, uh, if it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's some people that have a gift to show mercy. I have a brother, older brother. He's four years older than me. And he's made, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but, but he's, he's really, he really went for it. He broke 14 of the Ten Commandments already by now. Um, <laughs> And often I would say to my dad, now my dad has the ability or the gifting to show mercy. And my, my brother has done so many things, but my dad keeps on showing him mercy. And I have said to my dad, I said, listen, dad, let's get rid of him. It's just, you know, <laughs> he keeps on making the same mistakes and the same things. Let's just, let's just dump him or something. But my dad has the gifting to show mercy. It's a gift. There's people that are sitting in this church and others can go through, doesn't matter what they're going through in their life. 
they always have the ability or the gifting to show mercy to them. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they've messed up. They can reach out to them and say, listen, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to let go. I'm touching on these giftings tonight because I want to awaken something that you already have. In the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 6, he says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. What I want you to do tonight is to recognize your gifting that God has placed inside your life and start to function in what you have. Say, God, this is what I have. I have the ability to serve. I have the gifting to serve. I'm going to use that, and I'm going to serve people. And God, I pray that you would use that to touch their lives. And God can use it. Lord, I have the ability to give a word of encouragement to people. It's the gifting. It's what I have. And I'm going to use that to go out and really use that to, to bless people, to encourage them, and to speak in their lives. I have, Lord, I have a business. I have the ability to give and to generate funds. I can turn one into two, two into four. It's a gifting that I have. But I'm going to use this gifting to support and to build your kingdom. I'm going to use it for your will, for your plan. Then there's some of you that's called to the prophetic. And God is asking you to function in that gifting in accordance with your faith. There's some of you that were here last night and we, I wanted you to prophesy and I pushed you a little bit to speak and to prophesy because I want you to take a step of faith and say, God uses me. I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to step into this right now. Okay. Amen. Are you with me? I want to ask uh, just for a moment if you have any questions and things. I'm just going to take one two or three maybe questions, and then um, when I minister to you, and we're going to pray. I'm going to get the band up here, and then we're going to pray and um, activate you and pray for the giftings and, and allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you. So we're almost done. Let's give us 15 more minutes. We're almost done. Okay, so if you're in a hurry, please just wait. We're not done yet. Okay, three questions. I want to start with... Um, address something that we spoke about last night. Um, and uh, one of the things is that there's been people here last night that prophesied. And I told them that I want them to prophesy, but I want them to start the sentence off and, says, and say, God says. And some people um, didn't maybe understand it, and you thought, but why am I doing that? And I want you to understand why. The reason for that is in the prophetic, we hear and we listen and we say only what God says. So it doesn't mean if you, if you don't say God said that you can add or take from it. The reason why I did it is I want you to understand the responsibility in what you're about to say. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are quick to prophesy. They grab people in the parking lot and they prophesy. They grab them at the mall and they grab them all over and they just prophesy. And they become reckless with that. They're not accountable or they don't take responsibility for the things that they're saying. So I encourage people now, I encouraged them last night to say, God says, because I want you to take it seriously what you're about to say. And I don't want you to add from what you're about to say, what God is giving you, or take away. I want you to say exactly what God says. The power is not in the prophetic word or just speaking or just saying a couple of sentences and words. No. The power is in 
repeating the words that God spoke. The exact words, as he told you, as he spoke to you, as you say that, that words, then suddenly heaven gets behind it and starts to change things. Okay, so that's the reason why I said that. I wanted to encourage you and those of you that's, that's scared to prophesy and uncertain, I want to encourage you and push you a little bit to know that God can use you, He can speak to your life, but also to take it seriously, to take a responsibility. You know, I, I really take it seriously when God, when I prophesy and when God speaks to me, it's such an honor to be used by God. But I have a responsibility towards God and towards His kingdom and His church. I cannot. <laughs> if a person realizes that what they're about to say, they're representing God in that. They will be careful to prophesy death. They won't say it. But when they just go out and they just say, and they just, you know, there's, there's people that just speak and they say so many things and they don't think what they're saying. In this nation, I'm flying to, to uh, Dallas tomorrow and then to Orlando. In Orlando, I'm meeting a pastor in Orlando in Orlando, in a week from now, and a prophet from this nation, a prophet from this nation, prophesied over him. If he doesn't get his life in order, or his household in order, that God would bring cancer upon his life. And he's sitting right now in Orlando. I'm seeing him this next week, and he's got cancer. He's about to die. And he's sitting there and saying, I don't understand this. Why this happened to me? Now, I don't know why would any person get, how would you promote yourself to get into a position where you can curse and bless people, where you, can, where you can take this position to speak curses over people. It's not our responsibility to do that. It's not. We should speak life into people's lives. The thing is that the same prophet that prophesied over him cancer died six months ago of cancer came back to him. Same thing. That's why I don't prophesy children at all. <laughs> I just have one son now, and we're okay with one son now. <laughs> I don't want it to come back on me. <laughs> I'm just joking. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Be careful in what you're saying. That I don't want to put fear on you, and you that you're not speaking and saying what God gives you. But I want to explain to you, you know, the prophetic gift, um, it's um, the world and people have corrupted the prophetic gift. And it's so pure and so valuable to the church and to the body. And I want to lift it up again and I want to treasure it again. I want to show people how beautiful these giftings are and how precious it is. It's not something, you know, that we just wasteful, that we just, you know, it's a gift and we want to honor those, that, that gifting. Okay, two more questions. Does that answer it? Is it right? Do you want to add? Do you want to add something to it? Please. So Andre and myself had a conversation today during lunch because what we teach our people is don't say, thus says the Lord. Because I've heard that said a hundred times, and really it wasn't God saying anything. And so we were we have taught our people that it's important to speak what you sense God's saying. But don't put God's stamp on it. So it was what he had taught was exactly opposite what I had taught. So I wanted some clarity. And so his response, I thought, was really good. Um, his desire, when he says God says, is to limit 
when someone when someone's prophecy and they prophesying and they say God says is to limit it to not add to the word or take away from the word. And we all know that that's easy to do. If you've ever prophesied, you could just keep rambling on and it becomes a lot of you and not a lot of God. And so the God says portion puts a little fear in you and it should to limit to really what God said and not what you're trying to say to help them understand what you thought God said. And then the other piece that he, he, he responded with an answer, which I really liked as well, when he says, I like to have the people say God says because there is some, there, there's something about the power of activation in what you're saying that God is saying to you. You're, you're activating something uh, in the spirit realm by saying that God is, you're speaking for God and God will back you up if you're walking with God in the spirit. So I like that a lot. Thank you for answering that. Amen. Two more questions and then we, yes, sir. Given that somebody could say God says, but he could add what he is saying, what's the responsibility of the person who is hearing it? Because sometimes he could have said God says, but it's not what God said, right? So how do we receive it, knowing that sometimes it may not be what God said? God has a way to get to you what he wants to get to you. So even though a person makes a mistake sometimes and, and adds something to it, God will get the message to you that he wants to speak to you about. And often, when you receive a prophetic word, then after two months you forget about it, but you remember the part, a specific part of it. And that's vital. I'm not saying the stuff that you forgot is not from God. I'm trying to explain to you that by God's grace, he still has the ability to get through you. God is gracious. Now, the church is a very safe environment prophesying. It's very safe. And in the church, um, it is almost impossible to make a mistake in the church because of the authority of the pastor that's in that place. So God will use that, and that's why we encourage people to prophesy in the church. It's a safe environment to minister. And um, everyone is saying, but, but what if I prophesy and it's wrong? What if I prophesy and I miss it? What if you prophesy and you're right? What if you prophesy and, and, and you eat it right in the same day? What then? But we want to encourage prophecy. We want to encourage people. And yes, everyone needs to grow. I made mistakes in my life of things that I said that I didn't understand. And we have to learn through it. We have to learn. But God is gracious and God will bring it to pass. And God will now remember this again. We said it last night. We don't live by prophecy. Yeah. Write it down. Keep it, get the audio, but you don't make decisions according to that. It's not a map. It's not a map that you're about to follow. It's there. We're led by the Spirit, the Word. That's, that's what we focus on. So the, the Word is there, and the prophetic Word is there to lead you, to guide you, to prepare you for what is, what is, what is to happen. But we don't, it's not, you don't, you know, if I say to you that God is, you know, God is a, as a, a partner for you in your life or a companion, you don't get up and, to, and walk to the first person that you see and say, well, God said you're mine. <laughs> they have free will. They can make choices. <laughs> they can decide. <laughs> so people can still make decisions. But God tells you and, and, he, and he says it to make you aware of something that he wants to do. Last question. <laughs> um, I, want, I want to ask you something to do 
Um, remember, in our Bible school, I got you to explain, because there was people misunderstand prophecy so many times because we want to work it out with a natural mind, and it's actually a spiritual gift. And the Bible says we should not be ignorant. So I've been working with young people that were they need to understand it, and you called out a person, and you prophesied over him. Can you can you remember that situation? Okay, you called him out and you prophesied that he was so achter mekaar. He was so, and and I was endlich nie. I I really, if you could explain, that meant so much to us. Um, I shared it last night as well regarding the situation with um, the marriage couple. How often when it comes to the gift or the office, that in the gifting it builds comforts and encourages, but in the prophetic office. God wants you to speak a word of life into the situation. So there might be times and where the receiver or the person that receives the word receives it and the person says, it doesn't, this doesn't make sense to me. And the reason for that is because God wants to speak into that situation because he wants to change it. He wants to do something about it. So in fact, we had an example last night of a couple that was here that were going through and the marriage through difficult, and they want to get divorced. So the prophetic, the, the gifting comes in and prophesies and says, God wants to comfort you in this season, this time of your marriage, and God, so it builds and comforts and courage. But then the prophet comes in, the office, and the office prophesies over that same situation and says, God says that you are at the best place you can be. And it doesn't make sense. But God needs a word to go out into that situation to uplift it, to change it to do something about it. Okay, so people are, they're quick to judge and they're quick to, um, the Bible says that we should, we should not despise prophecy, we should be open for it, but we're not led by it. But we're open for what God wants to do, it's, and it's in the church, it's for the church. Now, you need to understand tonight, let me try to explain this to you. If I prophesy to you, let me take it to a drastic level. If I prophesy tonight, and as I prophesy, the angel of the Lord appears right next to me as, as a sign to you. And I say to you that God says that you should right now take all your savings, withdraw all your savings, and go to Hawaii right now for a two-week vacation. There's many of you that will leave before the meeting is over. <laughs> And you'll start to pack and you'll get ready because the prophet and the angel of the Lord said, you need to go. Okay? In the same moment, I prophesy to you tonight and I say to you, listen, God says that he wants you tonight to go and withdraw all your savings. And you need to sow it into this church. There's many of you that will say, well, I need to pray about it. I need to get a confirmation. I need to phone my prayer group and ask them what, what do they say about it. And the reason for it is because it's not comfortable to you. And it's important for us personally, and that's why I spoke about relationship when we started, we need to get to a place in our lives where we live in surrenderance to God, where we, we are open for God's plan for our lives. Then God can speak to us, but otherwise there's things that God will say to you that that won't give you peace because you're still holding on to something 
just came back from, from uh, Europe, Frankfurt, and um, uh, this guy, he took me through his house and showed me everything, and he said, you know, I'll give everything to God. And then he took me to his garage, and he imported uh, a Dodge Viper. He said, but this car <laughs> is everything to me. <laughs> and he's hiding it away because he doesn't want God to see it. <laughs> no one touches. His wife is not allowed to enter the garage where that car is. It is, it is okay? And, and a prophet in the meeting, in the meeting, a prophet came in, and he said to him, walked straight to him, he said, listen, I see something red. And, he's, and he said, Please, I don't want to hear this prophecy. I don't, want to anything, I don't want anything about it. Because, you know, he'll give anything. But that is, it's still something in his life that's, you know, that's an idol to him. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, God will often speak about those things. There's some people that will, you know, it's easy for them to give a, a million. But they've got something small in their lives that they have sentimental value. And they don't want to, you know, that's... And God will say, okay, I want you to, to release from that. This thing has a hold in your life. It's controlling you. And they won't have peace. They would, they would say, no, no, no. My heart doesn't agree. My spirit doesn't agree with this prophecy. I have no peace. No, this is a false prophet, definitely. <laughs> and the reason is because they're not in, they don't live in surrenderance. They're not open to do you know, what God really wants for them. But God is gracious. And he will let you keep that car and he will slowly walk in other areas and prepare your heart and get to the place. You know, it's not a, it's not a father that, you know, wants to press you or show you that he'll, that's not him. He won't do it. But we need to be open for what God wants to do. Amen.